We're going to talk the National Basketball League and we're talking the Australian Basketball League, of course. Joining us now on the program is Cam Luke. Cam hosts a show in Australia called the NBL Overtime. He joins us. Cam, good afternoon, good evening, good morning, welcome. I'm not sure what time it is over there. Mind you, I'm still in holiday <laughs> mode, my good man. I've got, I'm not quite sure if I was at Lords, I wouldn't be seeing the new ball too well at the moment. I'd be swinging and missing outside off stump. Most most people are still in holiday mode, mode even if they are back in the office. It's uh, 5.30 uh, where I am. I'm on the Gold Coast, in fact, for Magic Millions. I'm in horse racing mode a little bit of this week with SEN Track, so I'm, uh, I'm there. But uh, 6.30 traditionally where I'd be based in Melbourne. But uh, I tell you what, it doesn't matter what the time, wherever you might be, just be ready because we're about, oh, about three hours away from the breakers and the wildcats to go at it. That's going to be a ripping contest. This New Zealand team continue to play really well in Perth just starting to get to not major panic stations, but a little minor tremble because uh, missing the finals two years in a row would be disastrous. So they need to bank some of these wins when the opportunities arise. Yeah, and of course, there's a game earlier that tonight, and that is the Illawarra Hawks taking on the Tasmania Jack Jumpers. Tasmania looking really good in this league for such a long period, but have what fallen into a little bit of a form slump? What's happening with the Jack Jumpers? Oh, look, the JJs, again, the roster they put together was solid without being exceptional, but they proved so many people, including myself, wrong last year. And they just, I don't trust them. I don't trust them. They, they don't stay bad for long, but they don't stay good for long. They are absolutely a 50% team when it comes to the NBL. And the only reason, and understandably so, that people are starting to warm to them still is the fact that they did last year where they got hot late, and then obviously bounced out Melbourne United and made a grand final series where they got belted by the Sydney Kings. And they beat a Melbourne United team that didn't have Chris Golding in game three. Now, you've got to be able to beat who you... You can only play who you beat and all the rest of it. And, and the fact is that um, they had their opportunities this year to impress me, and they haven't done it yet. They'll beat Illawarra. Like, Illawarra are just rough. Uh, they've just lost Fraser. They, again, broken arm. They lost uh, Peyton Seaver out for the year as well. Um, they just can't take a trick at all, but they'll they'll beat they'll beat Illawarra. But I just I can't I can't fall into Tasmania. I don't have them in the top four teams. They'll make the playoffs probably, but I don't have them in the top four or five teams in the league. Sydney very much the perennial front runners at the moment, and deservedly so. Genuinely, what chance do you give the Breakers if they can? At the back end of the season here, the regular season, find the form that they had at the start of the season. They are very good on the road. They've won seven from nine. I think they're they're one of only three teams who can win it. I think the Sydney Kings are the best team in the in in the league this year. But I, I think New Zealand and Cairns are right there on the same tier. I, I think they're above the tiers. Adelaide, of course, a huge win on the weekend in Adelaide. To speak about that road record, to go on the road and take a game or two against these teams around the the similar ilk is huge. And if you look at uh, South East Melbourne Phoenix, they're, they're struggling with with injuries. I spoke of Tasmania, Perth are going to try and uh, out offense the rest of the teams with uh, Ty Webster being added to that. They can't guard anyone. They can't rebound. And Melbourne United are probably the fourth best team in it right now, form wise. But because of their inability to be able to put you know their best roster on the on the floor early, they're they're in a pretty decent sized hole. I think I, I think Sydney will be in the grand final. I think it comes down to New Zealand and Cairns as the next step of it. It's a little different this year with the with the play in game. So. Um, second is a hell of a lot better to finish than third, mainly because you don't get stuck in elimination games. Now, in saying that, you still have 
two bites of the cherry at home if you finish third to be able to make the semi-final. So it's not the end of the world, but you want to try and get first two, top two. And I, I think New Zealand, I think New Zealand and Cairns are the only challenges right now to Sydney. And it would take a, a decent form reversal, I think, for one of those other teams to be able to force their way into into, in my mind, anyway, calculations to win the championship. How important is it coming into the final games of the regular season to be winning? Can sides have formed? Can sides... Uh, look, yeah, I mean, it's all about momentum, isn't it? Can sides afford to give their wider squad game time rest marquee players knowing that they are in the playoffs, knowing that they have cemented a certain spot? No, uh, it depends. It depends. If you're going to finish second and, you, and you've cemented second or you've cemented first, you can probably get away with it. Keeping in mind, though, you're going to have a little time off with the playing or wild card games happening in that first week of the finals. But, I, like, you need to... I, I think it's almost impossible to finish fifth or sixth and win the championship. To finish sixth, you would then have to go on the road to beat fifth, go on the road to beat third or fourth, then go on the road against the first team, which will be Sydney, somehow beat them in a series and then go on the road to win a five-game series against either second or third. I think sixth or fifth, you can almost count out winning a championship. And with the new way that the rules are, fourth, you can definitely do it because you can go on the road um, and, and beat third, then you are seeded third going into the semi-final. So you get that second-place team. But with the wild-card games and the way the NBL is, every game matters into the second half of the year. I like the introduction of it. I just don't think there's any doubt, you, mm. any way you can rest certain guys. Momentum's key. And if you want to have a crack at this thing, if you finish fourth, fifth or sixth, you need to get momentum from the outset because they're elimination games pretty much. So um, if you finish first or second, you're sort of tucked away nicely, which doesn't look like it'll happen for second. I think Sydney might wrap up that minor championship. Maybe they can rest a guy or two and it won't make a huge amount of difference. But I think for everyone else, you're going to be playing your best come that uh, that late regular season games. I do a little bit of work in the Australian Baseball League here. Um, just a 40-game regular season. If you play in the minor leagues in baseball, it's 140 regular mm-hmm. games in a season, 160 if you play in the major leagues. One of the interesting comments that one of the Americans made is that every game feels like it's a playoff game. Again, the length of this National Basketball League. It's not nearly as long as you see in the NBA. So, can you? Is it a similar? Is it a similar sort of scenario that there's not too many periods in the season where you can, you know, fall into a slump or sort of go through the motions? Not, not at all. Obviously, with the the changing of the seasons a little bit more now, where um, they do play a little bit more. You know, back in the in the nineties and. In the early 2000s, they'd play once, maybe twice a week if they were lucky. They 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 consider themselves professional training athletes. Nowadays, they're professional players. These players want to play more. They want to play. That 28 game season works nicely though, because we do get a lot as entertainment. It's not, you know, we we get two games, sometimes three games a weekend for a team, or at least in a in a seven day block. That's not oversaturated. We've got to find, and I think they have found the right balance of saying to these players, hey, you're professional athletes and you want to play, but, you know, it's unrealistic to to have, you know, three home games a week in some of these markets and expect people still to go on a regular basis. This is in the NBA with with the major population, the Major League Baseball, where you do see, and you would know more than I, but, you know, I've I've been to Major League Baseball games at two in the afternoon. There's 5,000 people in the joint. 
because they're playing a three a three day homestand or a three day series against the same team. So um, we're gonna. We, I, I think it's done perfectly, and with the wild card games, it does mean that games matter. Really, the only games that really have no interest from now on to the end of the year would be Illawarra playing Brisbane, and I couldn't tell you if that actual game happens because uh, whilst there might be some red hot favourites. The very fact is that all these teams have to keep winning. You don't want to drop one to one of those teams at the bottom of the ladder. I'm talking Illawarra or Brisbane. So um, it's, I think it's an almost perfect, almost a perfect fixture. And the NBL have got it really, really well. Right. I want to touch on the Sydney Kings. You run through their roster, the likes of Cooks, Walton, um, Glover, Noy, Galloway, etc. Is it just about the roster here or is the stadium in which they play the home court advantage, is it an absolute cauldron? Is it a tough place to win? It is. There's there's a couple of layers to it. They were brilliant last year, but something that, that you really probably been underrated a little bit, they lost they lost Jalen Adams, who was the MVP. They they lost Ian Clark, who is now at Adelaide and was the closer in that grand final series. And they lost the big man, Jarrell Martin. All guys had great seasons or great, at least parts of seasons when I talk of Ian Clark. So to replace three Americans is hard to do. But what the Kings have done as a franchise, and uh, you know, Chris Pongrass, who is the CEO, is a guy with NBA experience. He's been in the NBA front offices. You've got Andrew Bogut, Paul Smith, who, of course, who is, who is the, uh, the majority owner. They, they have built it like an NBA franchise. So it makes it easier, one, to attract those fans where you touch on 11,000 people are rolling through the, the doors of Kudos Bank Arena. It is probably uh, the only arena in the country that feels like an NBA stadium now. That's mainly because it was built for the Olympic Games, you know, 20-odd years ago. But it also means that the development is there. Xavier Cooks wants to play there. And he does sign there, and he's the best player in the competition. Dion Vasilovic had opportunities to go elsewhere, goes and ends up there, and the confidence and the depth grows. You mentioned Glover. You mentioned, obviously, Sean Bruce has been able to do it. Quite noise has been able to continue to play really well. Galloway's come off the bench at certain times and, and, and added a fair bit of spark. So when you've got a structure from the top to the bottom that breeds confidence, the very fact is that going forward... The players who are 8th, ninth, and 10th, they believe in themselves. So when they get those opportunities to play minutes, they don't second-guess themselves. They're backed by an organisation and a coach in Chase Buford who says, hey, you know what, we know how good you are. And they go in and perform. Not easy to do, but I think the culture of the Sydney Kings right now is, is perfect. You mentioned the changes from this year's Kings team to last year's and having to replace uh, three Americans. Have you seen a change in style based on the change in players, based on the change of the plumbing of those individuals? No, they, they were able to go and get guys who are, who are very similar. So uh, Derek Walton Jr., I think he's the most, almost the most impressive new import this year in the league. I like Barry Brown Jr. over in your part of the world. He's been outstanding. But uh, Walton is one of those rare Americans who have come in and just has a really unselfish non-egotistical way of basketball. So he'll put up games where he has, you know, three, five points, a couple of shots. He distributes and he gets it to Cooks. He gives it to Suarez or he finds the Silovic, whoever's got the odd hand. Or he can just stand up and just flood out score, which we did see in that double overtime loss to South East Melbourne Phoenix about a month ago when he had 45. So we're looking at a situation where he's just come straight in and fitted that perfect situation where Chase Buford is like, I see how we play basketball. All right, we lost three imports. 
how do we replace mm. them? You go, there's one of them. Oh, hey, you know who we need? We need an absolute mm. lockdown defender. Justin Simon comes back in, of course, not a stranger to the league, and then over to go get Suarez, who's a great leader in the locker room, replaces Jarrell Martin a little bit, but knowing full well that Xavier Cooks is going to take that next level as well. So the style hasn't changed. The way that Chase Buford plays or, or coaches his basketball hasn't changed, and they've been able to get guys who've been able to come in and fit roles around the Australian guys who have taken that next step. And Cooks is now the best player in the league, and Vasilovich has gone to another level as well. Well, we look forward to the countdown for the Illawarra Hawks taking on Tasmania, and then it is the Wildcats taking on the Breakers. Good luck to the Breakers. Uh, look, really appreciate it, Cameron. Thank you for joining us on the program. Love it. Fantastic. Absolutely. Anytime. Love having us and you guys, and SENZ's on fire. So we uh, continue to build the game wherever it is in both countries, and the Breakers are having a hell of a season. So it's good to see them get a little bit of luck after the last couple of years and everything that's gone down. So... Uh, have a great rest of the night, mate, and we'll uh, watch the Wildcats and the Breakers in particular tonight. Fantastic. You enjoy the Gold Coast. Cameron Luke there.